Howdy, Game Alone's fans. We're back with another episode. Um, it's been a while. It's been a hot minute, actually, uh, since the last episode that we did. Um, but very, very well worth the wait. We've got two episodes coming your way this week. Now, for those of you that do listen to the podcast, follow me on Instagram and all that sort of jazz, um, you'll know that I have been... I've got a love-hate relationship with Instagram because it does me does me well, that little platform. It does get me out to the masses but by God, does it pee me off when things do not go right. And for quite a long time now, I've been having a little bit of an issue when it comes to downloading videos that I've recorded, particularly live videos, um, so I can strip the audio and give you guys the benefit of listening back to some of the live videos that I've been doing. Um, so good good news for you. Later on this week, uh, we do have an episode of my Monday Mortgage Mail, which is my uh, weekly Q&A that I do every Monday, 5pm. Head over to Instagram at the Sam Norris. There's a link in the, uh, in the show notes below. And and you can jump on, you can ask me live questions, um, keep me on my toes, test me to my very limits. Um, but I like to to get that audio and, uh, and and share it with you guys. I have been able to get last week's, so that's going to be coming your way later on this week. But today I've got an extra special treat for you, because not only have I managed to wrangle Chanel, who's one of my brokers at Grand Union Finance, to come into the studio in Solihull and help me record a little bit of a market update, talking through kind of what's going on in the world of property finance. Uh, but I've also got my old mate Shane Trainer on board, who's going to be giving us a rundown of some of the potential changes to Class MA when it comes to permitted development rights. So all you developers out there, um, you're going to really, really love this. There's lots of positive changes that are going to open up a, a flurry of opportunities for you guys um, over the coming months. So this is a really awesome little episode. Uh, really, really uh, hope you enjoy it. Of course, we are sponsored as always by my company, Grand Union Finance, the one-stop shop for property finance for property investors. If you do need any assistance with your mortgages, your bridging finance, your development finance, or maybe even a commercial mortgage if you fancy it, um, head over to our website, www.grandunionfinanceltd.co.uk and send us over a little message. We will get back to you and we'll be here to help. But enough of me rambling on. Let's get on with the episode. We're going to start off with me chatting to Chanel and we're going to very quickly move over to chatting about uh, Class MA with the fantastic Shane Trainer of CoArch. Enjoy the episode. See you soon. Hey everyone, welcome to another market update. Um, as usual, it's myself, Sam. We've got Chanel here, but we've actually got a special guest today. We've got a good friend, Shane Trainer from CoArch and host of the Developers Network Birmingham. So thanks for coming along, spending a bit of time. You're looking a bit dressy today, but thanks we'll let you off. Well, it's a TDN night tonight, so I've got to dress to impress. I've oh, seen the hostess with the mostess. That's it, that's it. Well look, in the last uh, few weeks, there's been a lot going on. Chanel, we should probably unpack first and foremost the fact that not only in the last week have we seen the rate of inflation come down, but we've yeah. seen the Bank of England for the first time in 14, con 14 consecutive base rate rises. They finally, finally decided that's enough. I know. I said hallelujah. I know. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was shocked. I was pretty yeah. shocked. I was predicting another 0.5%. But yeah. uh, we can kind of unpack that. Now, first of all, let's talk about inflation. Yeah. <clears throat> Most economists were predicting it was going to be probably going back up somewhere around the 7.1% mark because we have seen some increases in, in the price of certain goods. Um, but surprise, it, it's it's come down, okay, by only 0.1%, mm. but gives a bit of confidence to the market and that we've seen swap rates have, have come down as a result, which is good news, obviously. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's the word stability again, isn't it? Just coming from the back end of a couple of months of real instability and uncertainty is, it's sort of refreshing, I think, to have a bit of stability, knowing that we can kind of predict where things are going a bit better. Um, 
and and yeah, as a result, lenders are reacting to the to the changes in the swap rates. Um, some lenders have actually pulled their products completely just so that they can give us a refreshed uh, figure, uh, hopefully lower figure, sub four, sub five percent, sorry, um, in interest rates. So yeah, it's exciting to see. Absolutely. Now, I I don't think that the news the following day was necessarily a direct reaction to inflation being down. I think probably the Monetary Policy Committee had already made their mind up. Mm. But maybe, because it was so close, it was a four-five split. Remember, there's only nine members of the uh, Monetary Policy Committee. Four-five split. The other four that didn't vote to keep it the same actually did vote to put it up. Mm. So it was a really, really close vote. But um, I'm thinking that the reason for that was actually to keep a little bit in the tank because I think we now we've, we've seen inflation has continued to come down we have seen that there's been a lot of positivity coming out from a political perspective mainly from the Conservatives Labour have done their usual one just blaming the Conservatives for everything that's going on at the moment uh, they, they seem to forget that there was a pandemic uh, that happened um, but they you know they're, they're saying we, we are we're on course but it's not game over yet. We've still got a lot of work to do. Don't forget, we're at 6.7% inflation. You know, we, they ideally want that to be around the 2% mark. That's where our target is. They want to get below 5% by the end of the year. And to do that, you know, there's not going to be any base rate decreases anytime soon, basically. And, you know, that's, I think that's the, the message that's clear. Well, yeah, that's it. Um, and I think they've just got to keep hold of it um, and not sort of lose the momentum. Um, I don't think, I think getting, getting carried away and thinking that rates are going to come back down to what they were is wishful thinking, but, uh, to say the least. But yeah, I think it's, it's a reasonable rate now at the moment. We're quoting that deals are still stacking now. The buy-to-let, single-let stuff are still stacking, which is much easier then for us to have the conversations with our clients. Um, but yeah, it's been a bit crazy the last couple of days because of how you know the lenders are, are lowering their rates it's okay let's just hold off a minute until they come back in because they've told us they're going to be coming back lower so it's good i mean I've, I've quoted to a client last week and we know that this same lender is going to reduce their rates so yeah, yeah. It's, it's good we have seen for a, a few lenders are quite happy to if we if we have submitted an application and you know we're part of the way through that application and perhaps we haven't reached offer stage just yet if they have pulled that particular rate and they've reissued a new rate that is a bit lower. We have seen that some lenders are quite happy to, to make that adjustment, haven't they? Yeah, exactly. And even some lenders are allowing it sub, um, after your offer has been issued, mm. which is really handy because, you know, sometimes clients are restricted to the lenders that they're able to use because of their circumstances and, and fitting their criteria. But um, yeah, for, for those lenders that are allowing us to, you know, access the rates that have, have been lowered post offer, amazing and it allows it get, again it gives certainty to our clients to be able to know that they've you know secured a rate now um, and then if, if if it does get better they can access that which is yeah yeah win-win absolutely and in terms of where rates are are heading up the question I get asked so, so often is are rates going to come down further this year early next year um, you know what's going to be happening now obviously we've just seen rate inflation come down where, where we weren't predicting it base rates stay the same, where maybe we weren't really predicting it. Bit of stability, rates are coming down. We're even seeing that some lenders are lowering their fees, which obviously has been yeah. something that's been a, a point of, of uh, a conversation piece, certainly for the last couple of months. Mm -hmm. um, where are they headed now? I know I've got my predictions, which are that I think that once we see this next sort of 
the next month or so, I think we're going to see a bit of a settling period. If the rate of inflation continues to come down as it is, we won't see the base rate go up anymore. If the rate of inflation is not looking like it's going to hit that sub 5% that the government are targeting by the end of the year, we could see another base rate rise, which might have an effect on the market. But the reality is, I think we're at, once we see the market settle over the next couple of weeks, I think that's pretty much going to be it for 2024. Would you, would you agree with that? Yeah, I do. I do agree. And I think um, the key message to clients who are listening is just keep an eye on those types of news that's coming out um, to try and sort of plan ahead. Um, if you're going into bridging finance and want to find out you know, what your exit is, just yeah, keep an eye on um, the, the news and what, and what what's going on with the base rate, with inflation, because a lot of the time it is sort of, they have got that relationship together with mortgage rates, so yeah. yeah. Absolutely, and obviously on top of that, this is why we've got Shane in here today, we've had some pretty positive news over the last few weeks in terms of changes to PD rights, which could have some positive impact, certainly for investors and developers that are looking to change strategy, you know, take advantage of certain different creative ways of, of, mm-hmm. of investing in property over the coming years. So over to you, Shay, what's what's going on? I know you've got a cool. little list there of yeah, seven, got a seven, list. Eight, seven or eight Probably different a changes. Yeah, arch phone. Yeah, but strategic, actually, lad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go, marketing at its finest. But I think just going on from what you said about the, the base rate news the other day, actually we've noticed from some of our clients that have started to talk to us about more projects now because there's, I think, developers who we work with quite a lot, um, they survive and thrive in a confident market and I think we are definitely sort of seeing that now. From this year has been quite difficult because we've lost out on projects because the developers haven't pushed the button on projects or purchased them or when rates have changed it just hasn't financially stacked anymore. So yeah, it's been a difficult period as an architect practice but the the good thing now is off the back of that news we are starting to get some more inquiries come through that's it it's a really good point actually because obviously with developers particularly on the larger projects they've got to be able to see into the future as mm-hmm. to because they've, they've obviously got their exit we are seeing a lot more clients are doing the build to hold rather than the build to sell yeah and if they're building to hold you know one of the things that they need to understand is what the, what the cost of the finance is going to be mm-hmm. at the back end how readily available that finance is going to be and over, let's be honest, over the last 12 months has been really difficult to predict that, which I'm, you know, as you say, is, that's going to have a real negative impact on your business because yeah. less developers are going to be you know, looking at that. I mean, obviously, I know you work with a lot of sort of specialist single unit stuff. Mm-hmm. And even that, you know, understanding if, if you've got a client that's a residential client, just understanding what that residential mortgage might look like yeah. in the back end, yeah. if they need something specialist to go in on that. Um, so it's, it, all, it all ties in together, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. There's, there's a mixed bag. Like there's a lot of cash purchases that we've worked with, but and then but when they've, they've purchased the cash and then they want to, they've they added the value. They've done like a demolition new build, but then they want to get the finance on it. Like wow, this mortgage is going to be actually quite affordable, mm-hmm. uh, or even if they're trying to sell it to someone that's that needs a mortgage. So it's uh, yeah. it's been interesting for the past few months. But yeah, yeah let's see what happens over the next few months. It'll be quite interesting. So yeah, just going on to uh, permit development. The government has issued the consultation, or they did, but in fact it um, it closed today for public to give some thoughts and feedback. Actually, as of as of today, it's twenty. What's it today? Twenty fifth. Twenty fifth of September. Yeah. Um, so there's big changes that are proposed coming into um, permit development that are being proposed, but might not necessarily come through. But like some of these are really exciting. There's, there's a lot to go through, hence why I've got some notes here. So uh, we are looking for them to come in around the winter period as well. So whether that's this side of, of, um, 
but let's say Q4, potentially even Q1, but we'll see, you know, government have been known to do U-turns, especially with the uh, yeah, energy efficiency. Yeah. God, so we'll, we'll, see, we'll, we'll see what happens. So let's just start off on the top, which is a personal favorite of mine, I'm sure a lot of your clients as well, which is Class MA, which is commercial uh, Class E to C3, which has been very good this year, very lucrative for people since it got released in 2021. Class MA. So the increase or removal of the 1500 square meter floor rule, so the space limit for conversion. So I was just saying to Chanel earlier that you could potentially looking at literally like, you know, um, the Gherkin. Yeah. You know, just something like a big a big London office block like the HSB building. Yeah. The entire thing. In theory, yes, the entire thing, because they're thinking of, there's gonna have to be some kind of cap, right? Yeah. But that's just sort of what they've said. Potential inclusion of larger buildings like department stores. So if you look at like the John Lewis's, the BHS's, that just sitting there yeah, vacant. They're doing nothing. Yeah, yeah. But then, you know, we need homes, and um, a lot of um, the government want to see more people come into the cities now as well. So the, the, a lot of these buildings that will never probably be have a commercial use anymore. It makes sense to look look at this, but in a proactive way. Um, eliminate the uh, three-month vacancy requirement for a class MA conversion. You have to obviously have it been vacant for three months, so it almost has to sit there or be on the market for a while before it's looked at potentially utilising the class MA. Uh, so abolishing that. Extension of the class MA um, applicability to areas of outstanding natural beauty, that's, that's AONB, and national parks except World Heritage Sites. So again, you can look at using class MA in those areas. Yeah. Which I suppose... Cool. On a, from a from an architectural point of view, I suppose there still might be restrictions on what you build because it's got a, it's in an outstanding an area of outstanding natural beauty. Mm -hmm. You don't want some you know horrible grey concrete building. It's yeah, like, you, you've got to fit within the setting, right? Absolutely, yeah, definitely. Um, so again, it's just who knows where this could go. Um, so it's it's so it's kind of like so loose from the government and definitely like with the public feedback. Obviously, I know it's closed now, but that's definitely going to help towards what's. What, what we might see over the next few months, and then possible removal of the assessment requirement in like conservation areas. Um, so that's broadening conversion opportunities across England because there's quite a lot of conservation areas as well. But mm -hmm. like you'll have to get like obviously a conservation officer involved as well. So so that's um, class MA. The next one now this is this is a great one actually. Uh, proposed changes for converting hotels, so yeah, C1. There's this. so many hotels, so many that hotels that are losing money, that are probably closed down, just don't work anymore. Might not even work for like um, an apart hotel. So there's um, there's currently, there is such conversions which require port planning to do that. So that's obviously what people have been doing, but the proposal aims to make it easier. So again, under PD, so 56 days prior approval. Mm -hmm. uh, the change has significant potential for certain towns, but it may come in re restrictions in place to safeguard tourism. So it might have an article four um, to protect tourism. So like, okay, man, we've got to save Blackpool, mm -hmm. you know, so we don't want to convert too many things, yeah. <laughs> Um, no offense, Blackpool, but uh, <laughs> do you want to live in Blackpool? Well, do you know, on a separate note, Black, <laughs> on a stand Black, do, yeah. Blackpool, from a buy-to-let point of view, actually mm. is one of the one of the areas. No, one of the areas where a lot of lenders are overexposed. So we actually yeah. struggle with lending a little bit in Blackpool. Yeah, let's pull that from. There's a that real thriving buy-to-let market. In that Blackpool. is interesting. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, interesting. I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, Blackpool Tower is great, so uh, might convert that. See if I convert that to real. I'd say, well, that'd yeah, be a great penthouse. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, get a good good view. Yeah, fantastic. Because you could you. 
you can see over Blackpool. You can, yeah. So yeah, for that, we're offending a lot of people from Blackpool. So right it's going to unsubscribe and never use Car Arch. But yeah, Blackpool's lovely. Yeah. We love Blackpool. If you buy a Blackpool Tower, let us do that project. We'll do. We'll do. We'll do a, we'll do a future one in Blackpool Tower. We'll do. We'll do. Um, so yeah, there will be a limit on creating C4 houses, um, so HMOs and holiday lets from former hotels as well. So we're looking at that. Uh, the impact on existing serviced accommodation units operating under the uh, C1 is it's uncertain at the moment and whether it will be incorporated into Class MA or be introduced as a new change of use category. Uh, maybe some protection again for like the holidays and the seafront destinations. Mm -hmm. So again, they're not really quite clear what is classed as a holiday destination. Um, next one is Class M. So that's like your hot food takeaways, betting offices, uh, payday loans, um, your wongas, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> laundrettes as well, too residential. Um, they're, they're looking at actually removing the laundrette from class M altogether, uh, maybe putting that in, in the, as, a, as a sort of like a class E. Um, the change is expected to take effect in approximately four weeks after um, the implementation as well. Um, and again, similar to class uh, MA with the, with the the the, uh, the square meters on the floor, this is going to go from 150 or potentially go from 150 limit to 300, or eliminating it altogether. So again, if there's a pleasure beach, you know, it's got a massive amusement arcade, yeah. convert that into some flats. Yeah, looking at Although, the roller coaster. But you know, there's a lot of a lot of the the local the local authorities. They are. They do want to keep those kind of things because as much yeah, as they're almost they, protected. Yeah, as much as much as that, you know, they don't they don't don't look, always look great. They might not always attract the right people, but they are they are part of you know British seafront heritage. Yeah, so we don't we don't want to remove that exactly. But yeah. so, but it's just it's just opening up the opportunity for it. If yeah, if you've got if you've got twenty all down the same road, then yeah, losing a couple is because there's loads of side too. streets. You'd never you wouldn't never want to ruin like the seafront, Front. but there's so many side streets with small little arcades. Yeah, or you know when you you see these arcades on the high street and it's um it's just, I don't, there's a, there's the chain of them. You might see them in a precinct. Yeah, over eighteens only sort of thing. You might yeah. not. But some of them might want to be converted. Exactly, because it's not. Cheap, and it, you know, you just you do see that there is there's loads of them. You, see, you, yeah. you probably don't need as many. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you had to queue to get into one of those? You know, no. Yeah. You, you just go straight. Go on Paddy Power on your phone. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> on it, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, and then there's um, replaced a fixed date stamp of 20th of March 2013. So um, potentially even getting rid rid of that, and um, you can convert for when that use class was in place from that date. So similar to class Q, you could only convert if it's um, it was built before that date and not after, so you'd almost have to wait an, an extra year, etc. Um, propose uh, Proposal allowing class M conversions in, again, conservation areas, AOMBs and national parks, which is never going to be good to see before. And the next one is class M conversions. So, um, that's more specific at like your like casinos as well, um, and similar 150 square meters to 300, or just getting rid of it completely. Um, AOMB national parks again, um, and then the date stamp again, and then class G. This so class G currently permits the creation of up to two flats above a class E, yeah. which not a lot of people know about. But people think it's just a straight class MA, yeah. which is something that we, you and I have talked about. Yeah, before. I love it. I love yeah. That. So that's um, so creating two flats above classy betting offices, payday loan shops, 
Um, I thought they would restrict that a little bit, wouldn't they? They would, yeah. So it's to create more um, flats above uh, these sort of dying residential high streets, if you will, to get into more, bring more people back into the yeah. high streets to use the shops for that. Because I think, was it the, the other week we were driving through Acox Green High Street, I think it was, mm. and we were, we were looking at, some, at the high street and, and the makeup of the high street, and it has changed a lot. I mean, it's, you know, Acox Green, whatever you think of Acox Green, it's, you know, it's probably a slightly poorer area than somewhere like your, your solid yeah. homes, obviously just, yeah. just along. But you, you see the makeup of that high street now. There is a lot of charity shops and, and arcades and you know these kind of you know cash transfer uh, cash converters, these kind of stores. Mm. And you know, but you, you want to be able to create dwellings above all of those. You don't want to have any kind of restrictions because that's a, for me that's an unnecessary restriction. Yeah. You know, there's obviously a need for these types yeah. of shops because the local area is, has, has wanted them. That's that's what they that you see them busy when you drive past them. But it's just it's what's above. You know, being able to create more dwellings above is because a lot, a lot of them you can look up in the windows and you can probably see that look they look completely empty or it's just full of their stock and yeah. a lot of the stock's probably like just probably rubbish a lot it's just crap, or hoarding yeah. yeah um so be able it's to like and for, for more if anything the shop owners probably pay more to lease the whole thing when they don't necessarily they don't need, need that to, space yeah. so that's probably going to help um, shop owners as well Massively. Uh, essentially so just going back into the uh, the class G then, so the government is contemplating extending this permitted development right to locations above other commercial properties. Although limitations may be opposed given the broad scope of use class E, the specific types of businesses in mind do remain undisclosed at this time. Uh, there is hope that this change won't imply that, that certain uses such as beauty stations are excluded from use class E. And the proposal seeks to double the number of flats allowed under Class G as well, from two to four. Which is so that's even, yeah, even better. So four, four. Um, One of the things that I like about this as well is um, if you're creating flats, mm -hmm. a lot of the time, you know, in, in in a lot of areas, in terms of bang for buck, one one bedroom flats it usually hits hits a nice sweet spot. Mm -hmm. Whereas you'll probably find under uh, full planning. A lot of the time they don't want one bedroom flats they want two bedrooms because obviously that you can fit more people in yes yeah so but under pd they're okay with the one bedroom flats like there's no you tell me if i'm wrong but there's no they're not specific over the type of units mm -hmm. so changing that from two to four you know it's as long as there's a bit of space there to be able to do so creating these one one bedroom yeah. flats which are much more rentable as well so yeah, like definitely with like when full planning, you obviously you have you have to speak to like the local planning authority, and they will almost tell you to say, well, we want to see more of a mix. Yeah. We want to see more one beds. We want to see more two beds, and then you have to sort of reconfigure your plans to suit what they well, want. Otherwise, they can just well, PD, you don't have to. PD you don't, almost don't have to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's a, it's a good point actually. Uh, this is another one of my favourites, which is Class Q, which is converting agricultural buildings like your barns to uh, residential dwelling slaughterhouses. Slaughterhouses. <laughs> what are they call what, what the, there's there's a word for for those. I can't remember what it is. I have well, like a British word for it. Yeah, is it is for I've I've done one. I've done a I did a conversion years ago for one. It was where it's where like the the horses are killed or something. Oh, there's there is actually a word for it. Um, I was gonna bug yeah, me yeah. out, but we but we, we financed the conversion. They got they got planning permission. Can you imagine? So what it did to be well, you know, it's basically you know the starting point of the glue factory as well. Yeah. <laughs> imagine that, like not, this is, this yeah, is, yeah, not nice. Animals, I'm, sure, I'm sure vegans would not want to buy the house if they had yeah. that. But well, maybe they would because yeah, yeah. they're like, well, like me living so here. So it's good Alice. Yeah, me living yeah. here. Stop yeah. that from happening. Yeah, it's positive spin. I yeah, love it. yeah. Nice. Sit there while you're eating your plant. <laughs> 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 I love that. 
So yeah, class cues. I, I like class Q because a, a lot of these there, you see so many barns like that derelict that could be um, a really nice house. Mm -hmm. um, but like obviously we know. Um, co-host of the Developers Network, and he's done a barn conversion. Mm -hmm. So currently, you can have up to five dwellings with a maximum total floor area of 865 square meters. Uh, that's allowed. The proposal aims to double this to 10 dwellings with a choice of maximum individual dwelling sizes, either 100 square meters each or 150 square meters, resulting in a maximum limit of 1,000 square meters. So again, it's just gonna help to increase it, because when you get large barn complexes, um, you'll see some of them you can only convert an amount up to the class Q that you might have to go full planning. Mm -hmm. So it's two separate applications. This, this will help limit this and That's make good. it all under one application. Again, making it slightly easier. Um, suggest permitted single story rear extensions during conversions with a maximum depth of four meter. So with like the permitted development uh, barn that Steve did, um, you can't add a, um, an extension. You, you can, but you'd have to go for full planning. Yeah. But it's in the green belt, so most likely uh, be more difficult or outright refused. So again, that's potentially coming in as well. It had um, proposal to extend Class Q applicability to convert uh, conservation areas, AOMBs, national parks again, although rear extensions will be restricted in these areas. Uh, considers adding a requirement for suitable access to public highway for Class Q projects as well. So that's Class Q. And this is like other agriculture buildings, so it could be like your slaughterhouses or um, something that doesn't come under an agricultural use but still um, in the agricultural or like green belt or mm. green areas um, so again it's a proposal to take these agriculture buildings that, don't, that are not defined to then put them in class kit as well um, and then yeah the new class is created from this it could also benefit from the allowance for rear extensions again um, so there is a few more PD proposals, um, such as what you can do with like commercial to commercial, but this is just for like commercial to resi use, um, and also uses for extensions to shops as well, and industrial buildings could be coming in, but I'm not going to go into those. So there's a lot to digest there, and you can find this on the government website with, uh, with some documentation, just type in new permit development rights proposal. Yeah, well maybe we can find the link and we can just... You can find a link, up, yeah, just send you guys a link and... Uh, but just, I think, and you, again, yeah. you, you tell me if I'm wrong, these are not things that are set in stone, these are the things that we, they've proposed, they've gone, you know, they've had the feedback from the public, and then they will basically, towards the back end of this year, early next year, that's when we're gonna find out, of everything you've just read out, which are coming in, which are, and, and how they're gonna be coming in. But this is just, to be honest, this is all pretty good news for developers, mm -hmm. because it just opens up new opportunities. Yeah. And I think the thing is with this, you know, between us, we, we keep our finger on the pulse a lot of the time. We, we're reading industry magazines and, and, and stuff like that. Joe Public isn't going to know a lot of this stuff. Mm -hmm. So whenever stuff, a big thing like this happens, this is not going to be on the BBC 10 o'clock news. Yeah. You know, so it, anything like that creates a great opportunity for investors to be able to go, you know, I, I, can, I, can, I can find a creative way of purchasing yeah. this property and convert it when a lot of other people in the area won't know. Get ahead of the game. Get ahead of the game, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I say it's like you know, it's riding the crest of the wave. If you're already on the wave, it's too late. And with these, if you can, I, I, so I'm suggesting to anyone that's watching this that's actively trying to find similar opportunities to this, um, start actively looking for these opportunities now and get your offers in, mm. because when these come into play, then you can consult with your planning consultants, or if you already know what you're doing, mm. you can potentially change the game a little bit more yeah. and get your 
absolute, your absolute bargains because there's plenty of opportunity going at the moment, especially for commercial buildings, um, which which we've seen over the past year. Mm -hmm. So it's it's again, it's knowing what's potentially coming and start to look for these opportunities because you're right, the people that own these buildings probably won't have a clue. Um, so if you can get ahead of the game and uh, get on um, trying to find them. Yeah. Do you know what I picked up on as thinking as a mortgage broker is that. We're always finding that the government is changing policies to, to sort of catch up with these in, investors that are, are so innovative. But then the lenders are back, you know, 100 metres behind, going, hang on, wait for us, we need to change our policies. And, yeah. and, and it's like all of these changes that happen, it enhances risk for lenders, mm. um, I guess, in, in some way. Um, I'm just thinking about the um, the holiday let stuff because I had an inquiry this week about a C1 class. They're looking to turn it into an apart hotel, and it's, I think that's the way consumers are going with when they're saying uh, going on holiday and things like that. They want to stay in a part hotel or something where they can cook their own food and you know save costs or whatever. But then it's the lenders are like, oh yeah, but you can't buy that house now. Well, you can't buy that um, C1 class uh, property because. It's a, a, what was it, a repossession with no, um, it didn't have any historic, you know, accounts for us to put, to, to put finance yeah. on it um, for the back end. But yeah, it's just, it's tough, that's, isn't it? That's the big change that we're going to have to see in that, in that sector is that yeah. is lenders getting rid of that, needing to see the books type thing. Yeah. And, and, and thinking a little bit outside the box with that. But I think a lot of the other stuff that you mentioned, it's, for me, the, it's development finance, development finance lenders, bridging lenders at yeah. the front end. They're going to be looking at okay, well, a lot. See, and this is what a lot of people don't realise is if you go, if you need to when they need to full planning, a lot of the time with development finance, you can't complete on the deal until the, the planning commission is in place. Yeah. With PD, as long as we can prove that the PD is going to be approved, we can start the process right now. So a lot of those things that are changing from full planning into under coming under permitted development. That gives more opportunity for lenders, for clients to move quicker, for borrowers yeah. to move quick, quicker on this, yeah. because they can just start the process earlier, because they can prove via their planning consultant that the application is in, and they're just starting that process of the fifty-six day turnaround, mm -hmm. um, and everything is basically prior approval, right. and and then we can get the lending on it straight away. So that a lot of the stuff you've just mentioned is going to help us massively. I think the one thing out of there, as you quite yeah. rightly say, you know, is the holiday let service accommodation, apart hotel kind of thing. Oh, C1 class as well, that sort of... Mm. Like that, and that is the trickiest thing to finance at the moment. Yeah. There's a, I guess there's a lot of grey areas there and a lot of lenders still don't, are unsure about that as well. And even yeah. people that are purchasing these properties and trying to get mortgages on them as well, it's like they don't even yeah. know what, what use class they're going for or what, yeah. what it is, so it's very... Exactly. It's kind of still and to get that, yeah. that's what I would call like heavy criteria changes. Yeah. The, the soft criteria changes, the, you know, we 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 do a higher loan to value, yeah. or um, you know we will our, our minimum income requirements gone from twenty five to twenty or whatever. They're soft criteria change. They don't need a big big change. Whereas a hard criteria change is something like what what classification of property will we lend on, yeah. and what is the criteria surrounding that. So that is the one thing I think about that's gonna that's gonna take a bit of time to filter through. I really hope those like all of those changes come in. Yeah, honest, we'll make, awesome. we'll make I'd like to start converting Blackpool Tower. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Trainer Towers. Trainer, Trainer Tower. Tower. <laughs> That's like Back to the Future when Biff has that yeah. big casino tower. <laughs> oh, I can't. Shane Tannen. <laughs> Shane Tannen. Jesus Christ. Oh, that's just brought some, put some horrible thoughts into my head. <laughs> 
But um, on that beautiful note, yes. probably probably bring that to a close. Yeah. Um, if you're listening to this on the on the podcast, please subscribe. Give us a five star review. That'd be really useful. If you're watching this over on YouTube and you haven't subscribed yet, I have been checking the analytics, and about two thirds of you watching this probably aren't subscribed. Please do that too. And we'll be back sometime soon, maybe without shame. Probably just me and me and Chanel for another uh, another market update. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Yep, that's it. Thank you so much for sticking around to the end of the episode, guys. If you have enjoyed this episode or any of the other Game of Loans podcast episodes, please, I would ask you a massive favor to leave a five-star review. It massively helps me grow the podcast and reach more people that will hopefully enjoy the episodes as much as you have. Thank you so much in advance for this, and I'll hopefully see you on the next episode.